Hello, gentle listener, and welcome to a very special edition of Intermission. We will resume semi-regular episodes of Intermission very soon, we hope, but in honor of the Tapestry Radio Network ongoing Shakespeare Festival, uh, Michael and Sarah Lilienthal, two of our voice actors that you'll recognize from other episodes of Intermission, have uh, recorded some special sort of selections from Shakespeare's great play Much Ado About Nothing sort of in the spirit of the old-fashioned sort of small-town festival readings from Shakespeare and in in that spirit. Um, And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you clearly haven't read The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn enough. All right, that's enough of my rambling. Uh, Please enjoy these selected scenes from Much Ado About Nothing. Beatrice and Benedict are played by Michael and Sarah Lilienthal. Incidental few other lines are by myself, that's Ethan Bartlett, and Karen Bartlett. So this episode was produced by uh, Michael Lilienthal and myself. I edited it. There, I made you listen to the credits at the beginning. Now enjoy! If Signor Leonato be her father, she would not have his head on her shoulders for all Messina, as like him as she is. I wonder that you will still be talking, Signor Benedict. Nobody marks you. What? My dear lady, disdain are you yet living? Is it possible disdain should die while she hath such meat food to feed it as Signor Benedict? Courtesy itself must convert to disdain if you come in her presence. (laughs) Then is courtesy a turncoat. But it is certain I am loved of all ladies, only you excepted. And I would I could find in my heart that I had not a hard heart, for truly I love none. A dear happiness to women. They would else have been troubled with a pernicious suitor. I thank God and my cold blood I am of your humor for that. I had rather hear my dog bark at a crow than a man swear he loves me. God keep your ladyship still in that mind so some gentleman or other shall scape a predestinate scratched face. Scratching? could not make it worse, and twere such a face as yours were. Well, you are a rare parrot teacher. A bird of my tongue is better than a beast of yours. I would my horse had the speed of your tongue, and so good a continuer. But keep your way, a god's name. I have done. You always end with a jade's trick. I know you of old. This can be no trick. The conference was sadly born. They have the truth of this from Hero. They seem to pity the lady. It seems her affections have their full bent. Love me? Why, it must be requited. I hear how I am censured. They say I will bear myself proudly if I perceive the love come from her. They say, too, that she will rather die than give any sign of affection. I did never think to marry. I must not seem proud. Happy are they that hear their detractions and can put them to mending. They say the lady is fair, tis a truth. I can bear them witness. And virtuous, tis so, I cannot reprove it. And wise, but for loving me. By my troth it is no addition to her wit, no nor great argument of her folly. For I will be horribly in love with her. I may chance have some odd quirks and remnants of wit broken on me because I have railed so long against marriage, but doth not the appetite alter? A man loves the meat in his youth that he cannot endure in his age. Shall quips and sentences in these paper bullets of the brain awe a man from the career of his humor? No! The world must be peopled. 
When I said I would die a bachelor, I did not think I should live till I were married. Here comes Beatrice. By this day, she's a fair lady. I do spy some marks of love in her. Against my will, I am sent to bid you come in to dinner. Oh, fair Beatrice, I thank you for your pains. I took no more pains for those thanks than you take pains to thank me. If it had been painful, I would not have come. You take pleasure then in the message? Yea, just so much as you may take upon a knife's point and choke a doll withal. You have no stomach, senor. Fare you well. Ha. Ah. Against my will, I am sent to bid you come in to dinner. There's a double meaning in that. I took no more pains for those thanks than you took pains to thank me. That's as much as to say any pains that I take for you is as easy as thanks. If I do not take pity of her, I am a villain. I will go get her picture. Lady Beatrice, have you wept all this while? Yea, and I will weep a while longer. I will not desire that. You have no reason. I do it freely. Surely I do believe your fair cousin is wrong. Ah, how much might the man deserve of me that would right her? Is there any way to show such friendship? A very even way, but no such friend. May a man do it. It is a man's office, but not yours. I do love nothing in the world so well as you. Is not that strange? As strange as the thing I know not. It were as possible for me to say I loved nothing so well as you, but believe me not. And yet I lie not. I confess nothing, nor I deny nothing. I, I am sorry for my cousin. By my sword, Beatrice, thou lovest me. Do not swear and eat it. I will swear by it that you love me, and I will make him eat it that says I love not you. Will you not eat your word? With no sauce that can be devised to it, I protest I love thee. Why then, God forgive me. What offense, sweet Beatrice? You have stayed me in a happy hour. I was about to protest I loved you. And do it with all thy heart. I love you with so much of my heart that none is left to protest. Come, bid me do anything for thee. Kill Claudio. Ha! Not for the wide world. You kill me to deny it. Farewell. Oh, Terry, sweet Beatrice. I am gone, though I am here. There is no love in you. Nay, I pray you, let me go. Beatrice! In faith, I will go. We'll be friends first. You dare easier be friends with me than fight with mine enemy. Is Claudio thine enemy? Is he not approved in the height of villain that hath slandered, scorned, dishonored my kinswoman? Oh, that I were a man! What, bear her in hand until they come to take hands, and then, with public accusation, uncovered slander, unmitigated rancor. Oh, God, that I were a man. I would eat his heart in the marketplace. Hear me, Beatrice. Talk with a man out at a window, a proper. Nay, but Beatrice. Sweet hero, she is wronged. She is slandered. She is undone. Beatrice. Princes and counties. 
Surely a princely testimony, a goodly count, Count Comfect, a sweet gallant, surely. Oh, that I were a man for his sake, Or that I had any friend would be a man for my sake. But manhood is melted into curtsies, Valor into compliment, and men are only turned into tongue, and trim ones, too. He is now as valiant as Hercules, that only tells a lie and swears it. I cannot be a man with wishing, therefore I will die a woman with grieving. Terry, good Beatrice, by this hand, I love thee. Use it for my love some other way than by swearing by it. Think you... In your soul, the Count Claudio hath wronged Hero. Yea, as sure as I have a thought or a soul. Enough. I am engaged. I will challenge him. I will kiss your hand. And so I leave you. By this hand, Claudio shall render me a dear account. As you hear of me, so think of me. Go, comfort your cousin. I must say she is dead. And so, farewell. Sweet Beatrice, wouldst thou come when I call thee? Yea, Signor, and depart when you bid me. Oh, stay but till then. Then is spoken. Fare you well <laughs> now. And yet, ere I go, let me go with that I came, which is, with knowing what hath passed between you and Claudio. Only foul words, and thereupon I will kiss thee. Foul words is but foul wind, and foul wind is but foul breath, and foul breath is noisome. Therefore I will depart unkissed. Thou hast frighted the word out of his right sense, so forcible is thy wit. But I must tell thee plainly, Claudio undergoes my challenge, and either I must shortly hear from him, or I will subscribe him a coward. And I pray thee, now tell me, for which of my bad parts... Didst thou first fall in love with me? For all of them together, which maintained so politic a state of evil that they will not admit any good part to intermingle with them. But for which of my good parts did you first suffer love for me? Suffer love? <laughs> a good epithet. I do suffer love indeed, for I love thee against my will. In spite of your heart, I think, Alas, poor heart, if you spite it for my sake, I will spite it for yours, for I will never love that which my friend hates. Thou and I are too wise to woo peaceably. It appears not in this confession. There's not one wise man among twenty that will praise himself. An old instance, Beatrice, that lived in the time of good neighbors. If a man do not erect in this age his own tomb ere he dies, he shall live no longer in monument than the bell rings and the widow weeps. Question, why an hour in clamor and a quarter in room? Therefore, it is most expedient for the wise, if Don Worm, his conscience, finds no impediment to the contrary, to be the trumpet of his own virtues, as I am to myself. So much for praising myself, who I myself will bear witness is praiseworthy. And now tell me, how doth your cousin? Oh, very ill. And how do you? Very ill, too. Serve God, love me, and men. 
There will I leave you too, for here comes one in haste. Madam, you must come to your uncle. Yonder's old coil at home. It is proved my lady hero hath been falsely accused. The prince and Claudio mightly abused, and Don John is the author of all, who is fed and gone. Will you come presently? Will you go hear this news, signor? I will live in thy heart, die in thy lap, and be buried in thy eyes. And moreover, I will go with thee to thy uncle's. Soft and fair, friar, which is Beatrice? I answer to that name. What is your will? Do not you love me? Why, no. No more than reason. Why, then your uncle and the prince and Claudio have been deceived. They swore you did. Do not you love me? Troth, no. No more than reason. Why, then, my cousin Margaret and Ursula are much deceived. For they did swear you did. They swore that you were almost sick for me. They swore that you were well nigh dead for me. Tis no such matter. Then you do not love me. No, truly, but in friendly recompense. Come, cousin, I'm sure you love the gentleman. And I'll be sworn upon it that you do love her. For here's a paper written in your hand, a halting sonnet of your own pure brain, fashioned to Beatrice. And here's another, writ in my cousin's hand, stolen from her pocket, containing her affection unto Benedict. A miracle! Here's our own hands against our hearts. Come, I will have thee, but by this light I take thee for pity. I would not deny you, but by this good day I yield upon great persuasion, and partly to save your life, for I was told you were in a consumption. Peace, I will stop your mouth. How dost thou, Benedict, the married man? I'll tell thee what, prince. A college of witcrackers cannot flout me out of my humor. Dost thou think I care for a satire or an epigram? No. If a man will be beaten with brains, he shall wear nothing handsome about him. In brief, since I do purpose to marry, I will think nothing to any purpose that the world can say against it. And therefore never flout at me for what I have said against it. For man is a giddy thing. And this is my conclusion. For thy part, Claudio, I did think to have beaten thee. But in that thou art like to be my kinsman, live unbruised, and love my cousin. I had well hoped thou wouldst have denied, Beatrice, that I might have cudgelled thee out of thy single life to make thee a double dealer, which, out of question, thou wilt be, if my cousin do not look exceedingly narrow to thee. Come, come, we are friends, let's have a dance ere we are married, that we may lighten our own hearts and our wives' heels. We'll have dancing afterward. First of my word, therefore play music. Prince, thou art sad, get thee a wife, get thee a wife! There's no staff more reverend than one tipped with horn. What ho, a messenger! My lord, your brother John is ta'en in flight, and brought with armed men back to Messina. Think not on him till tomorrow. I'll devise thee brave punishments for him. Strike up, pipers!